Welcome to episode 13 of the Making Disciples podcast, where we are furthering our knowledge of Jesus Christ and the gospel so that we can go to the ends of the world and minister to all who are willing to hear. Thank you for joining me today. In today's episode, we're going to be diving into John chapter 8 and reading verses 1 through 11, and we're going to be talking about how the accused are set free through Jesus Christ. And I'll go ahead and read that for you guys now, starting in verse 1. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, he came again to the temple. All the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who has been caught in adultery, and placing her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now on the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. So what do you say? This they said to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. At once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. In the beginning of this passage, the scene is the temple, and everyone is gathered around to hear Jesus' teaching. Some of them were there to kind of catch him slip up so that they would have some reason to take him into custody. And some of them were truly there because they believed that he was the Messiah, and some were there to just hear his teachings because they thought that he was a wise man. Jesus was at the center of the group, and he claimed to be the world's light and salvation. The teaching and the teacher were both in Interrupted by an incident in which the Pharisees were trying to trap Jesus, but rather opened a door for a remarkable opportunity for a memorable teaching on the part of our divine Lord. We have two groups here. We have the accusers and we have the woman who stood accused. And here we see that the woman had no words to speak. Instead, she simply stayed silent and understood what she stood guilty of and knew the punishment that came with the sin that she committed. Now, it's important to note that in this sin, there were two parties involved. It wasn't just the woman, but instead it was the woman and the man. They were both to be brought forth to be stoned, but instead the men only brought the woman forth. Now, I haven't heard too much on this topic, but I've heard that some people believe that the reason they only brought the woman and they didn't bring the man was because the people that brought the woman knew who the man was, so they didn't want to bring any charges against him because they were friends with him or whatever. Um, But I really haven't seen too much on this topic, so I'm not sure exactly. Um, But I do know that only the woman was brought forth and the law required both of them if they were going to be stoned for their sins. The men who brought her to Jesus thought they were clever and were trying to find some sort of charge to bring against him as we see here. As soon as they make the statement involving the law, we see that Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. Now, I've heard many different interpretations as to what we think he was writing. Um, We don't have a definite answer, but I have a couple of statements here that might be what happened. Number one, some people believe that he was writing the law, stating that both the man and the woman were both to be brought forth for the sin that they committed. Number two, some people believe that he was writing the name of the man who was caught in the de- in the act of adultery with the woman. And then number three, which I think if he was writing anything specific, this would be the most logical and make the most sense. But number three people believe that he was writing down all of the sins of the men who brought the woman. He stated that he who was without sin to be the first to throw the stone at her. Now, let's say that I'm a part of this group. I'm a part of the men that brought the woman forth, and I see Jesus writing my sins in the sand. 
I'm most definitely going to casually turn around and walk straight out to then realize that I'm 1,000 times guiltier than this woman. Where once I was puffing up my chest thinking that I caught this woman in the act and that she should be punished to then realizing how I was not punished for the sins that I committed. Like I said, if Jesus was writing anything specific, I think this is the most logical. But then I want to get to number four. What if Jesus was not writing anything specific? And I truly find it like hilarious in my mind because what if if Jesus was genuinely just doodling in the sand, chillaxing, waiting for the first person to lie and say that they were completely sinless. I think of it in this way. Have you ever had a friend, a family member, or just simply someone that you knew, and you knew the truth and nothing but the truth, and you were positive you knew the truth, and then you confront that person about the truth, and you're just waiting for the lie that's about to pop out of their mouth, but deep down, you know the, the truth already. Jesus knew that none of those men were sinless, and possibly those men were more guilty than she. If he wasn't writing anything specific and on their own, those men went one by one. I think it's extraordinary how those men who were once haughty then were dropped down a peg and realized their sin and how they were not blameless. Now, we get to the one-on-one -on -one interaction that we've all been waiting for. Jesus here asks if anyone has condemned her, and she responds by saying, nobody. He then said, neither do I. He did not condemn the woman. Instead, he did condemn the progression of sinfulness and unrepentance. Many people of our generation say that we as Christians are condemning them or judging them unrighteously, while it's the exact opposite. There is such thing as righteous judgment. Many of us are truly out here and trying to fulfill the call of being a disciple of Christ and apply the word of God to our lives. We hate the sin not the sinner, precisely how Jesus did. Jesus' statement here is not that he forgives her and now she can continue down the path that she started. Instead, he states to go and sin no more. Many progressive Christians like to leave this last part out. They will state that God loves you no matter what and they apply cheap grace to their lives. They don't understand that the grace God provides is not cheap grace. Instead, it came at a price that Christ paid in full. I have a couple of passages that I want to read for you guys that kind of apply this message that there's no such thing as cheap grace. And uh, how can we claim to be a disciple? How can we claim to be a Christian and yet still walk in sin? So I have three separate passages that I want to read for you guys. First, starting in Hebrews 10, verse 29. How much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who has trampled underfoot the Son of God and has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has outraged the Spirit of of grace, the continuous sin outrages the spirit if you are unrepentant and claim, yeah, I love Jesus Christ with my whole heart, and yet you're still attached to this world. Next, I got Romans 6, verse 1, but I'm actually going to read to the end of verse 4, starting verse 1. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. You don't continue down your old path. You don't walk in your old stage in your flesh. Instead, you have a new life, a regeneration, and a renewal of your mind. And then 1 John 3, I'm going to read verses 1 through 10, and I absolutely just love this passage, starting verse 1. 
see what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Verse 4, everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practiced lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away the sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous, as he is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. If you claim to be in Christ Jesus and yet have no distinctiveness and are not set apart from the world, all you are is a liar. Be reminded of this. The grace that God bestows on us is not cheap grace. Cheap grace is rather no grace at all. False disciples would rather call themselves Christian and not submit to the authority and calling that Christ gives. They think that they can pray a prayer one time and say that they're saved and have no differences with the world. If you are not distinct from the world and rather blend in with it, you are not doing what Christ commanded. You are living a false representation of what disciples are called to be. Submit your body as a living sacrifice. Do not claim to love Jesus Christ with all of your heart, and yet you're still satisfying yourself with the things of this world. You're still giving your flesh everything that it craves. You're, we're not called to be unrepentant. We're called to go and sin no more. Don't be a false disciple. Walk down the straight and narrow path as well as the path of righteousness. Do not profess that you may continue in sin that grace may abound. If you do, you are then a liar and the truth is not in you. If you are truly in Christ, you are compelled to obey and to repent. You don't want to be like this world. The battle of the spirit against the flesh is a common battle that we will have to fight on a daily basis. But you have to train your spirit to overcome the things of the flesh. You have to train your mind, control the thoughts of your mind so that you are not letting in the things of this world into your mind so that you're not craving the things of this world. Be made new and stay out of the disgusting and sinful flesh that we are trapped in. It is a very difficult battle that we must fight, but with Jesus Christ, we will come out on top. Trust in him and believe that you will be delivered from this battle. Leave your old life and be made new in Jesus Christ. That wraps up episode 13. Thank you for joining me today. I'm so glad that you are here. If you do have questions, please submit them at the bottom of this Spotify episode. Um, if you're on any other platform, they will not be submitted, so submit them on Spotify um, or YouTube. You can let me know in the comments of when this video does come out. Um, I do plan on doing that Q&A. If you have been hearing in my past episodes, Q&A is coming up in a couple of weeks, and I have been receiving some of your questions. But if you do have a specific question, please let me know on Spotify if you want it to be anonymous. And then uh, just let me know, and I can't wait to answer your questions. See you guys in episode 14. God bless.